What's going on, guys? It's Matt here at Matt Diesel. Um, we're going to start a podcast, just kind of talk about a bunch of random bullshit. Practically, that's it. We'll get some small business insider stuff. Um, I got Cameron here with me as well. Um, we're both going to do it. A lot of stuff, a lot of different stuff, a lot of bullshitting, a lot of stupid shit. Um, one of the things, you know, talk about shop talk. You know, a lot of shop talk, the ins and outs of the actual small business world and what, what you see when you walk into a shop. Um, not just, you know, hey, you know, the outsider opinion of, oh, I went to a shop and they completely fucked me, you know. We'll give them, you know, the happy customers, the mad customers, the bad customers, the ins and outs, and actually what happens through the whole process. Um, other things, you know, we're going to talk about stuff that happens with the guys. Um, you get a bunch of guys in a small, you know, small business-oriented 90% of our customers are male. We get maybe, I don't know, what, 1% of females here and there? If, if that. If that. So, you know, things get weird. Things get wild. You know, you got to entertain yourself. I understand that completely. You know, right now they have a dildo that travels around the shop. You know? Who's they? <laughs> Who's they have well, a dildo? Well, listen. It, the shop has a dildo. The shop has a dildo. Let's, let's tell them how the dildo was even brought to the shop. <laughs> well, all right. So, you know. First things first, we had a Christmas party, you know, and uh, someone decided that it would be a good idea to get their boss, who is me, a strap-on. And so at the Christmas party, we're doing Christmas games, giving out gift cards, shit like that. And here comes my wife, walks in with a strap-on on her. And that's how the dildo managed to get it here. So then I re-gifted it to one of my techs, his father-in-law. And they gave it to him for Christmas. And now somehow it has made it back to the shop and it ends up in toolboxes or the guy's trucks or, you know, they wanted to mail it out and send it to people's houses. So, you know, it keeps returning. Um, it's never going to go away. No, it, it, I don't <laughs> think it'll ever go away. Um, it's just a staple of the shop now and it depends where you find it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's sitting in a UPS box at the moment, so... Um, that is one thing, you know, we'll definitely hit on. And some of the guys will end up joining us, too. Um, shit like that. So, another thing, you know, weird things you find in customer vehicles. There, speaking of dildos and shit like that, you know, there is all sorts of weird shit. And you think that people would clean out their cars, right? You know, you show up to a shop. I mean, I feel like, though, at the same time, like, half the... 50% of the time when you're going to go, you don't know you're going to the shop. No, that's you, true. You don't know your truck's going you know. to the shop that day. You, you get stuck on the side of the road, you, you're calling a tow truck. But what are you, you going to do? Get your UPS box out of the back seat and load up all your personal belongings. Half the time, it's, you take your cell phone, your wallet, and truck goes to the shop. So, I mean, I can understand where I get the that. weird shit comes from. But you'd, you'd also think that, like... Why there's weird shit in the truck? Yeah, begin? why yeah, is there... That's, that's a different story. Why is there weird shit, you know... <laughs> And I don't mind, like, some stuff. Like, obviously, weed in Michigan is legal. And we have trucks that reek of pot. Like, to the point where you're in the front office, you're writing up a customer, and, you know, you got an 80-year-old farmer who walks in, and he's like, yeah, it definitely smells like the devil's lettuce up here, you know? But, I mean, there's some weird shit we I mean, even down to, like, sex toys and vibrators and pot and drugs and money and weird clothing and thongs and... What's the weirdest thing you found in a truck? Uh, the weirdest thing I found in a truck was a dude had a pocket pussy that was definitely used rolling around on the floorboard. 
That's think, disgusting. I think that was the weird. I mean, it was crusty, crusty. Ugh. So um, we also did though um, years ago. I worked for a fleet service, and <clears throat> so we had this dude. He was a cross dresser, right? Um, and every weekend, I worked Tuesday through Saturday. So every weekend, he came in on Saturdays, and I mean, when I say cross dresser, like he wasn't a even a good looking dude. He like, was like um, cross dresser, like. What's that show? Like runway cross dresser, like straight up. Like, oh yeah, like nasty. Like what do they call them people. I don't know. Drag queen. Drag queen. Yeah, like, like drag, a drag okay, queen. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we called him Pinky because he had pink duct tape all over his whole semi. His whole semi had pink duct tape. He duct taped the whole dash, the steering wheel. Everything was pink in there. Well, <clears throat> so we'd always try to avoid him at all costs, and so. What you got against cross-dressers? Nothing against cross-dressers. I'd be wearing a dress like right now. Listen. Anyone listening to this wouldn't even know. Listen. <laughs> listen here, Linda. So, we all tried to avoid them, and I have nothing against cross-dressers. Hey, there's even some good-looking cross-dressers. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it, but... Um, so, one Saturday, he rolls in, and I'm working on a truck. Next thing I know, I turn around, and he yells, Excuse me, sir? And I'm like, oh, shit. He talked like that too, though. Oh yeah, he had that. He had the fake girly voice. He was the whole. He was the whole deal. He was. He was the whole deal. I mean, from start to finish, um, he was a redhead, had curly hair, kind of looked like uh, who's that guy? The old Sean uh, White. No, no, not Sean White. Um, (laughs) The guy who used to do Richard Simmons. That's who he reminded me of. He reminded me of Richard Simmons. So, anyways, so I turned around. He's standing right in front of me, and he's like, hey, I got an issue with my truck. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm working on this one right now. I'm looking around for the rest of the guys. So I hear giggles from the bathroom and shit, and I'm like, these motherfuckers left me here. So next thing you know, you know, I write them up and everything, because um, it was a fleet, so, you know, we're just working on our own trucks. So next thing you know, he's waiting around out front, in front of the bay doors. It was summertime. It was nice out. And so... About 20 minutes goes by. Next thing you know, here comes a dude on a two-person bike. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, right? So, picture this. Guy rolls in, semi-shop in Flint, Michigan. Rolls in. I mean, we were not in... We weren't in a bad area, but we weren't in a good area. Rolls in on a two-person bike. Middle of summer. You know, we got all our Harley sitting out front. Hops, the, the dude, the, the cross-dresser, walks outside, says, all right, man, see you later, have a good weekend, you know, I'll be back Monday to get the truck. Sweet. Gets on the fucking bicycle, gives the guy a kiss, gets on the bicycle, Uh-oh. and here they go, rolling through the parking lot, riding a two-person bicycle home. I mean, that is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life, like, like legitimately. What do, you, what do you even, like, how do you even react to that? You just, you just, it is what whatever, it is, man. Whatever. You know? And then, yeah, I guess and then, at that point, money's money. Fix the truck, get out of there, exactly, whatever. You know. Customer, different so, way. Yeah, and then, you know, the guys are in the bathroom together giggling. So they thought it was hilarious. But it wasn't gay that they were in the bathroom together giggling. But, yeah, just, you know, some small hints to what we're going to talk about. Like, right now, we got we got a fire truck here that has absolutely kicked our ass. And, you know, it's a township vehicle. And, and that's one of the things, too. You know, people think that they get bent over. You know, they, they walk into a shop, they get a quote, and they think from start to finish that quote's it. That's it, you know. And well, I yeah, understand. You got, I mean, I know about the fire truck. You got, what, 90, 100 hours in that Oh, there's, a, there's 120 extra hours into it right now above the quote. Right. So, you know, we're 100 an hour. That's twelve or th- almost $13,000 
that you're you can't charge a township for all that. You know, it's just not going to happen. But well, and stuff you can't. I mean, you can't see that stuff. You get like any customer off the street comes in and for a simple even oil change job or something stupid. You know, you get oh, yeah. oil oil filter got torqued on by somebody prior, and you're trying to fry the thing off. You end up spending three hours on the thing compared to the forty minutes it normally take. You know, that's like the normal general shop stuff that. It just happens. You, you can't see it. You, you can't, can't see, see it coming it. in. So We have a truck that just showed up from and, another and I shop. Wish, I wish there were other people, you know, more customers that could see that and side there of are, it, too. There are some of, some of them understand it, and I get it on both sides. You know, as a consumer, you look at it, you know, even if it's not in the mechanic world, you go into anything, you have an issue, and, you know, next thing you know, you're upset. And I understand people being upset. You know, I am the bearer of good news, bad news, sad news, I mean, everything. Nobody wants to bring their truck into a shop and hear that their engine's fucked up. You know, I mean, it just, it's not what they want to hear. No one's ever prepared for a $20,000 engine. You know, I don't care who you are, nobody saves that kind of money and just is like, yeah, I'm going to keep it in the bank just in case my engine blows. You know, you may have hundred grand in the bank, but... You're not expecting to spend twenty k on your truck. You know, and... Even like our contractors, our big business, our big fleets, people like that, they're not, you know, they're doing it, but do they want to do it? Absolutely not. You know? Well, I think anyone that buys a vehicle, especially, a, you know, a diesel vehicle, you know, a little more money you're going to pay out the front, I think in your mind you're buying that vehicle because you're, you're buying what you think is reliable, and obviously you know you're going to have to maintain this vehicle, but like you said, no. you're not expecting to put 20K, even 10K into this oh, vehicle no. because you bought this vehicle. To, to do something, you had a purpose for it in mind when you bought it, and that's yep. what you want to do with it. Well, so. like even, you know, go back to the semi-world, or like the hotshot stuff, because I've thought about buying a hotshot truck. So, you know, yeah, you might be making 10, 15, 20 grand a week, but you, like, so I actually had a buddy of mine, he got into the semi-world, bought his first truck, two months in, blew the engine. Yeah. You need six months out of a truck before you're prepared for any kind of that, and you know, investment into a truck, and then you're you're still hoping that you're you're still not prepared for it. But usually, you know, if you do it right, you get the truck, you you take half your profit, you know, pay on the truck or whatever, and ha- the other half just sits in the bank because you know you're going to repair it. Well, you know, even if I bought hot shot trucks, if you're out in California, you know, I'm not going to pay to tow that truck all the way back here. Oh, absolutely not. You know, you're going to get it fixed even, out even, there. Even you that own the shop, it doesn't exactly. make it doesn't make sense economically. No. To spend three thousand dollars to bring your truck back, absolutely not. You know, especially if it's, what if you loaded? I mean, yeah, what are you gonna do loaded. with that? What you, I mean, you got a loaded trailer. Yep. Now what? So now you're now you're talking truck down in a shop, rental truck. Someone across the states bitching about their whatever supposed to be at their house and exactly yesterday. Right. You know, yeah. and, I mean that's it. You know, time is money. Hundred percent in life. I don't care who you are, what you do. Time is money. Absolutely. So you know. <clears throat> Another thing, you know, we'll hit on too. We want to go through some of the new stuff. Some of you guys, you know, you guys L5Ps, you know, um, all these new trucks, the new 10-speed transmissions, 6-7 power stroke systems, um, fuel systems. We have four 6-7 power strokes in the shop right now getting fuel systems. What's the, why? I mean, what is there, is there a common problem with them? Or? Oh, well, you know, it's just like your, your LMLs, your CP4s, you know. Your, your CP4 getting metal in the system, draining the rail, 100%, you know, that pump is not designed like a CP3. A CP3 can take a beating, 100%. That's why everybody swaps them back to a CP3, you know, and goes on their way. You know, we have the F, upgraded, upgraded FCA filters and all that stuff, but, 
you know, when push comes to shove, you, you got a truck. I mean, think about it. So we go back to an LB7, right? What is that? Like 300 horsepower out of the box. Yeah, 297, I think. Yeah, 297 out of the box. And then you go to a 6.7 power stroke that's got 450 horsepower out of the box. And then people tune them on top of that. And, you know, the neighbor's truck's got an 800 horsepower tune in it. And it's a stock truck. I mean, come on. You know, it's comparing apples to oranges and then you're putting a, a pump on it that... You know, yeah, okay, so it's required, and they thought it was better, but when, when push comes to shove, the pump's not lasting. Right. You know, you keep adding horsepower, more and more horsepower they're to They're just trucks. demanding more fuel, you know, and they're... they're they just can't I mean, handle it. Yeah, they're not designed for that. I mean, no. you, it's for what you guys do in the diesel world, and I'm guilty of the same thing. I mean, I got, I've had two pumps on my truck the same, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're designed to basically run how they came from the factory. You start throwing power at them and add, asking for more fuel. You can, I mean, you have to almost expect that stuff, right? Oh, for sure, you know, that, and that's what people don't understand either. Like, we had a guy, and a lot of these guys were their first-time diesel owners, you know. They get the truck, they're like, man, I want, I, I want it to sound good. I want it to sound like the other ones. I want that turbo whistle, you know. So their intake, exhaust, and tune is almost everything, you know, 01 to 10, um, you know, Duramax, pretty much 01 to 07, anything, really. Everybody, you know, intake, exhaust, and a tune. And a lift pump, usually. We'll throw a lift pump on there just to, you know, kind of help everything. But what they don't understand is that the trucks were designed for stock applications. Your transmission was designed for stock application. And the first question anybody ever asked me, 100%, they go, you know, I want a tune that's safe. And I'm like, how do I give you a 100% tune? Yeah, there's, there's not even a, a such thing, because you could put a... I mean, it, it depends on the truck, too. I mean, I've seen trucks... I mean, your LB7, for, for, for instance... Three four hundred ten thousand miles before you can put a lift pump on it. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Then there's other trucks that go five hundred miles as soon as you put a fifty horse tune on them and they're and they're, they're falling gone. on their face. You know. And it all depends on how you drive too. And you know, no matter what you say, you're not. Oh, this is my baby. I'm gonna take care of it forever. I don't care who you are. No. I put a tune in your truck. You're gonna beat the shit out of it for the first at least week. Oh, absolutely. At least you week. Want, you want to feel that difference? I just had this conversation with a guy on, on Facebook actually last night. Um, I'm on a lbz page on there you know and he's asking about you know exactly the same thing deleting the tune in the truck and i told him you know just keep in mind save your money for a transmission he goes no a trans save tunes i said no that's fine i understand oh, that yeah. but a trans save tunes only trans save if if you're if you if make you're it driving trans. a trans safe exactly. and, and no one's gonna do that the whole point of deleting a tune in your truck i feel like the re- for the want to do that it's because you want that power and you want that you know throttle response speed yes. the turbo noise all the things you mentioned it's like that's the reason you're tuning and deleting. If not, you'd leave a stock. Exactly. You know, use it every day, drive it every day, get your get your fuel mileage it came with, whatever. I mean, I understand that, but if you want to tune your truck, you automatically, in your mind, you have an expectation, and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna push your truck to to make sure that expectation was met. Well, and and for sure, and that's everybody's starting point. You know, everybody's like, oh, I'm gonna tune it, and I'm gonna leave it alone. Yeah. There are very few and far. No, between that's another comment I put on Facebook. It's an addiction. I told the guy the same thing. I did, this, I did the exact same thing. I tuned, deleted my truck, put an exhaust on it. Now I'm what? Turbo, injectors, oh. pump, built trans. You know, I got all that done to my truck, and it's not because I thought about doing that to begin with. It's one, you're forced to do that by something that breaks, or two, you always want more. Once you start adding power, you, you know the limit. You watch the YouTube videos. You, you hear the other trucks, and you just want to keep going, and it's an expensive expensive road but it's just the diesel world in general once you start adding power you get that mindset and it becomes an addiction where it's, people will 
get mortgages on their houses, remortgage their house to build these trucks. It's insane. Oh, it's crazy. And here's the thing. Here, here it is, plain and simple. So uh, from start to finish, you tune your truck. It feels like a lot. A couple months down the road, it feels stock again. Or you get that guy who may have hundred grand into his truck, and he whoops your ass, right? And next thing you know, your truck's just too slow. And it's baby steps. That's how it always goes. We get, we've had like three people come into the shop and say, hey, I want a thousand horse, right off the get-go. <clears throat> and that's it, you know? I mean, other than that, it's always, hey, I want a tune, I want an exhaust, I want an intake, I want a lift pump, I want to need to build trans, you know? Now I want turbo, now I want injectors, now I need another a bigger pump. I, you know, um, and then a lot of these guys come in and they're they're stock engines. I mean, we haven't even talked about studying it yet, you know. And and everyone thinks, oh, I got to start a truck and make a thousand horse. That's not true. I mean, you are pretty much o one to ten. You're limited six fifty seven hundred horse. You're on borrowed time. After even, the even at that, even oh at yeah, six fifty seven hundred horse. You're on borrowed time, especially depending on what you're doing. I mean, if you're running your truck hard. Way, way more chance of breaking it. You're, t- you're towing heavy, way more chance of breaking it. I mean, yep. it's what you, it's. Oh, I got a 20,000 pound camper pulling it with an 03 right. LB7 with 420,000 miles, and the truck runs phenomenal. Exactly, but it's only a matter of time, and you know it as well as everyone else does. You know, your truck runs great, awesome. Pull a 20,000 pound camper, I don't care what truck you got. Oh, eventually. It, eventually, gonna something's going to happen because they're not made to do that all the time. No, they're, they're just not, you know, and. That's another thing, you know, it takes a while to learn that, and that's where we've had a lot of guys, they'll bow out, you know, oh, I want a gasser again, and they, they do, they flip back and forth, and they flip-flop, and they go from, oh, gas to diesel, and that's another thing we could hit on, too, is um, a big part of it is a gas versus diesel truck, you're really not saving tons of money either which way. A, a gas repair is more of a nickel and dime, whereas a diesel repair you're going to get more longevity out of it. It's going to get way better fuel economy, especially if you're pulling. Now, if you're an around-town guy, you, it's a, it's only a mode of transportation for you. I understand. You don't need a diesel unless you want a diesel. But if you're a guy who I, I have a you know one-ton diesel or a three-quarter-ton diesel, and I tow a camper, and I'm just tired of putting money in my truck, and absolutely people find lemons, and there are bad trucks right from the get-go. But I'm talking average truck, average individual, going from gas to diesel, you are pretty close, you know, between the time, okay, so if you're going to switch back to a gas truck, now you're going to get six miles to the well, gallon. That's what everyone says, too. Everyone's like, oh, diesel's so expensive, and gas are so much cheaper to fix. And like you just said, though, it's like, I know tons of guys that have gas trucks. I know tons of guys that have diesel trucks. And it's, I feel like the guys with the gas trucks, they're maintaining the small stuff, spark plugs, wires, you know, all that stuff, coil packs, whatnot. It's like, a, it's like three, four times a year they're doing maintenance on their truck. Where the guy with the diesel truck, you know, most of my friends, you know, once or twice a year, maybe they get a good $1,000 repair or, you know, got to do front end work or something, which, yeah, I get it. You got a heavier motor, the whole nine yards, but it's like, yeah, like you said, in the end, end of the day, I feel like the, the cost of ownership is is damn near the same. And, and, I mean, I get it, guys, you know, especially wintertime and stuff, too, you know, cold starts and people don't want to plug their trucks in, but don't want to wait. 15 minutes for the truck to warm up. I get that too, but at the same time, it's like if you're towing, it makes sense to have a diesel. But I understand why guys get sick of it. But like you know, oh, in the sure. end, I feel like it's the same cost no matter which way you go. A truck's a truck. You know, if you're gonna pull with it, 
Oh, you're going to save money on the diesel. Yeah. You're going to break stuff either way. Oh, you're going to break it. doesn't matter what it is. Brand new, gas, diesel, yeah. Tesla. I don't care what it is. Electric, fucking. It doesn't matter. It's going to break, whether it be brand new. And that's people, too, you know. Oh, I'm going to buy a brand new truck and never have an issue. Well, that's not the fucking case. It's just not going to happen. They never had issues. They have lifetime warranties. Exactly. If, if they never had issues, no one would ever get rid of their fucking trucks. Right. Ever. They'd keep them forever. There is no perfect truck. That's another thing, you know, like... People call me all the time, and they're like, hey, man, I got this really smoking great deal on this truck. No one ever gets rid of a fucking truck that is perfect. Right. You know, people get these smoking deals, and next thing you know, they're $10,000 into them, and they're all upset. And I'm not upset anymore because, <clears throat> well, you bought a truck for $10,000. That's a $30,000 truck. You're going to put $10,000 yeah, into Yeah, i got it. the same issue going on. My buddy's looking for trucks, and he keeps finding these smoking deals. I'm, I said, I told him, I said, if, it's, if it sounds too good to be true... It probably is. 100 million percent. <laughs> if it sounds too good to be true, you find a 2013 Duramax for 11 grand with 160,000 miles on it, something is wrong with that truck. It might run and drive great for you to get it home. You will find well, That's it. Yeah, you will find out somewhere down the road. It might be a month, might be three months, but somewhere down the road, someone's selling that truck for cheap for a reason. Oh, 100 million percent. And that's, that's just how it's going to be. Um, <clears throat> All right, so let's let's touch on some other issues that we're going to talk about. Um, so we have, I want to talk about this bus that came in. We had a bus come in, and, and this kind of goes back to the weird shit you find in a vehicle. So that bus, guy comes in, we take a look at it. I think it came in for like an oil change or something stupid. So it comes in. Guy's showing us, and it was a really cool bus. Guy took an old Outlander. Old bus or new bus? It was an older uh, Outlander. So, like an international. Was he like doing a camper thing with it? Okay, gotcha. So, he did the camper conversion on this old bus. Young guy, super cool guy. Um, Him and his girlfriend traveled the country. I want to say they went to California recently, but. Um, so he comes in just for an oil change, wanted us to check out the bus and everything. And obviously, stuff like that always strikes up like, hey, can we take a look at it? Like, let's let's see what you did. He had a wood burner in there. I mean, he was all geothermal. Um, so his bus was. So he brought it. It was done. He just needed some maintenance shit done. Yes, okay, it was. Okay. It was a complete bus. They were living in it. Okay. So <clears throat> he's showing us around the bus. We walk in the bus. We're all looking around on the fridge. There's a bunch of nudies of his girlfriend. Was she with him? Oh yeah. So and I didn't <laughs> think she was with him at first. So, we're in there, and he's showing us stuff, and everybody who's in there, and I mean, he knew. He knew that every guy that walked in there was looking at the fridge. So He's showing off at that point. Well, so that's, we'll get, we'll get to that point in the story. So, I go in there, and obviously, I'm staring at his girlfriend's tits. I mean, come on. It's a picture of tits. It's going to happen. Right on the fridge. Right on the fridge. I mean, like, candid camera, pictures right on the fridge. So... We're, we're in there and everything, and I didn't hear anybody in there at first. So we had to go back in, obviously fire it up, check the oil, all this stuff. Well, we, we go back in the bus, and there's his girlfriend sitting in the back doing homework. Didn't even know she was in there. And you know how awkward it is when you've been staring at her tits the last five minutes. Now, you're, sta- now you're staring her in the face. Exactly, you know. <laughs> and she's just talking to me like nothing ever happened, like. Okay, are they like into this weird maybe shit? Maybe they like swingers. They got the bus light, maybe. you know, it's like the old school 70s, the bands, yeah. you know, maybe there's maybe, about that life. Maybe it's the pineapple posse. I don't know. Maybe. 
But Pineapple Plaza, I just read about that the other day. Did you? Yeah. Oh man. About yeah. So grocery store shit. That's yep. Weird. It's about the grocery store stuff. So, anyways, so guy comes back a couple weeks later, and obviously we go on the bus again, taking a look in there. Well, there's no pictures on the fridge anymore, and I mean everybody in the shop went in there, looked at this girl's tits. And they were good tits. I'm not gonna lie, but it's a plus. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a plus when they're good looking, but. So, anyways, we go in there and everything, and it's just, like, it's the point of going back to the take stuff out of your vehicle, you know? I mean, nobody has a problem with staring at some tits, but it is very awkward when you don't realize the girl's in there, and then all of a sudden, hey, how you doing? This is my girlfriend, whatever her name was. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm sure, uh... You know, it's not going to be the last of the weird things you see in the vehicle, that's for sure. And I know we hit about that on earlier earlier on, but uh, I'm sure as we as we go on with these podcasts, there'll be more and more stories about the weird things you find in vehicles and, oh, 100%. and the weird people you deal with as well. Oh, there are some weird cats we have met. I mean, strange cats. There was this guy, I don't remember his name, but he was that guy who, like, he just didn't talk. Like, he came in, he'd be like, hi, you know, my name, whatever. And, like, you try to get information out of him, and he just was that guy who was, like, stone cold. And you're like, is this what you want done? Okay, yeah. I mean, small small little gestures like that, you know, just... Those are the people you just have to, have to just tell. You know, tell what needs to be done, and then they just either agree or they don't. You mean? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> just like, basically say, this is what's going to happen, and that's okay, or... Yeah. No, nah, nah, we can't do that, I mean... Oh, yeah. I know those people, too. Like, I deal with a lot, too. It's, it's like, those are the people you have to just, it's not even like a conversation. It's like, hey, this is this is what we're going to do. This this is what needs to happen. And then they're going to be okay or, or not okay. And that's, that's really about it. Yeah, I mean, there are just some of those people that you just write it up and it is what it is. And they don't blink an eye, too, most of them. You know, I, I've never had one of them be like, oh, I don't know. Well, they're non-confrontational. I mean, they already don't want to, like... They're probably already uncomfortable being here, having to talk at all, you know. So, oh, yeah. So they're probably not going to argue with you or, or banter back and forth with you about price or nothing. They're just going to say, okay. Oh, and especially now with, like, COVID. And oh, I, I don't want to get into politics because oh, that's, I mean, you've got to. I'm glad the handshakes are back, though. At least, I've yeah. I've given a few handshakes lately. Dude, the elbows, I was not into the elbows. I mean, if you're going to shake my hand, shake my hand. Right. It, it goes back. I'm going to start coming in for hugs. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> going for fucking hugs, man. Hell, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't think my wife would appreciate me hugging all the customers, but I mean, maybe if I want to. Your wife would appreciate the money you get when you when you Absolutely. get a job. Absolutely. Hey, you know, it might so, work both ways. It might. She might be hugging them really? in the wrong way. <laughs> but oh man. So let's hit on like like social media presence and stuff with you owning a shop and stuff. I mean, I own a small business as well. I haven't gotten really into social media. I got rid of it a long eight nine years ago now. I'm just now noticing that, like. People are advertising so heavy on social media, and like the presence you have on social media brings you either it can bring you so much work. I mean, I've been getting referrals off of people that I don't even know. They're saying, you know, someone on Facebook said, you know, so and so did a good job and stuff. And you know, it's like, how do you guys use social media? Does that help you guys, hurt you guys, or what's your presence oh, yeah. like on social media? So first of all, I've always been word of mouth. 100%. Yeah, that's how I've been too. That's what I'm saying. Like now, it's like you almost have to have the social media aspect yes. because that's what everyone's looking at. Everybody's like, Craigslist is gone. Yep. Facebook Marketplace is all it's about. And it's like, 
you know, what, what do you what do you do now? Because yeah. nope. you, you have to have that presence on social media. I feel like you're obsolete. I know. No Craigslist. No back page anymore. No cheap hookers. <laughs> <Back> page. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> but all right. So, anyways, so. Yeah, I, I've just started recently, and I had a guy, he was pretty good at social media and stuff like that. Um, he did all that stuff for me because I've never been a huge social media guy. But Instagram is huge now, and I, I had a TikTok for a little while, and then I deleted my TikTok. Um, but so I do, like, the reels things on Instagram. Um, not the greatest at it. I'm still learning. It's it's almost like, and, and my wife, she, she does, you know, has a... $1,500 camera, so I almost feel like you have to get somebody who has, like, really good knowledge in, like, some of the pictures and stuff like that, because I struggle with, and I try to do, you know, three a week, and actually, I did one a couple days ago. It was a 6.4, just a small video on Instagram, and, dude, that thing blew up. Now, my wife did post, and it had been an argument, because obviously, DPFs and all that stuff, the EPA shit, you know, and, and we don't delete here. Um, but there's a picture that says this mask is as useless as my DPF. And for the longest time, I wouldn't let my wife post it. But, you know, our, Insta- our Instagram following has been getting a little bit bigger, a little bit better. I've been better at posting stuff, reels, pictures, videos, stuff like that. Actually, I made a sweet one on my truck the other day, and nobody fucking liked it. Pissed me off. Snow looks sweet. My Duramax. So if you guys are listening to this, look at my fucking video on Instagram. The one of the white Duramax with teal headlights. It's sweet. But anyways, so back to the DPF picture. So that one blew the fuck up. I mean, there's like 700 likes, people commenting, people's comments getting removed because, you know, they got all political. You know, that's... Well, yeah, then, well that's, yeah, that's, that's another part about social media, too, you got to watch because now with all the politics, they're, they're cracking down and they're deleting comments and, you know, freedom of speech is... Oh, it's gone. Going out the window it's now, absolutely which is gone. super sad. But I mean, what do you? What can you do? You're not going to call up Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, Mark Zuckerberg, and say, "Hey, no. put my comment back." They don't give a shit. No, they don't care about you. I mean, even down to like you know, I plow on the side, and I try to make plow posts like the night before a snowstorm and stuff, and that shit gets removed every time. I'll have it up for like 15, 20 minutes, just long enough to have people like text me and call me. And then, whoop, your, your post goes against Facebook standards or whatever the fuck it is. Just like you can't post titties on Facebook. I don't understand. It. But you can post a nipple through a bikini, and that's fine. But God forbid the nipple does not have a piece of see-through cloth over top of it. So would you say, though, I mean, are you pretty comfortable that you think the social media is going to help you, though? Like, oh, 100%. Like business-wise, you think it's going to bring you more you know, you know, value to your business because of that presence in social media 100 percent. you know it's taken me a long time to get like really good guys on the back because i was normally i was the main technician back there and had younger guys working for me i got a really good crew now really happy with them so i can finally go okay let's do some advertising on instagram facebook stuff like that you know we used to just take a picture and then boost the ad pay like 20 dollars, and you'd reach like 1500 people but social media now it's it's one of those things where I almost, to me, it feels like it can help you and it can hurt you. Because if you have too much of a presence on social media, people think you're bullshit. Look at Diesel Brothers. Yeah. yeah. All right, so everyone who's legit in this diesel industry, some, you know, they kind of think that Diesel Brothers is a joke. I'm not going to lie. And I, I don't know those guys. I don't, 
I have nothing good or bad to say about them. I just don't know them. I, I mean, I, I feel like as, the as, show. A, as a consumer myself, I see that as like a, a, I mean, I guess it works for them, but like a marketing ploy where they're selling merch for the chance to win, you know, X or Y. Yeah, a truck. Which is, which is cool and all, but I feel like that's like, you're building a business on the work you do on vehicles. You're not building a business to sell t-shirts and stickers and whatnot, you know, so it's like, I guess I can see um, their side of that social media presence, which is obviously, uh, for them, huge. Oh, it's massive. Huge, and I mean, if you, if you sell $3 million in t-shirts, yeah, you can give away a $200,000 truck. And you, yeah, who cares? And you, yeah, you, who gives a shit, but I mean, for you, it's a completely different game on social media as it would be for them. Yeah, we're small time. We're, you know, small fish. We're not in that big million, billion dollar company, you know. Or we're million, not billion we're, followers. I mean, yeah. you gotta, you got to, you know, tailor to who follows you compared to them who follows them, you know. Well, they branded their name. That's what it was all about. And like I've told my wife, our logo is sweet. She designed it a long time ago. Um, you know, if you're going to brand something, you know, it's, it's just like any of these big companies. Look at Amsoil. Amsoil, and I believe Amsoil is some of the best shit you'll ever put in your motor. But they're branded. Every NASCAR car, every, you know, monster truck, whatever, is all branded. So, <clears throat> Diesel Brothers and, I believe, what was their company originally? Diesel Sellers. That's what they were. So, they were Diesel Sellers, then Diesel Brothers, then Sparks Motor. I don't know. I thought, I thought it was all the same thing. So I thought they had, like, three I thought they had like three or four different companies. I think they do. It's, it's all them, though. That's but good. I think originally they were only Diesel Sellers. And that's what they did. They did giveaways and stuff like that. So they branded the diesel power gear and all that stuff. It's all them. But we, you know, we're... I think, a, they, I think they kind of pioneered that because I see it all the time now. All yes. these different companies, you know, I can't remember. 2020 Co. Or 810 or something. There's like giveaway Lamborghinis and yep. stuff. And it's like, I feel like, you know, Diesel Brothers, as much as, like I said, I don't really follow them. But I feel like I know they've been doing it for a long time. They kind of like started that whole... Yes. That whole thing of, you know... Buying merch for you know basically tickets to win something, oh yeah, great value, dude. you know, and, and it's and it's a marketing ploy that obviously works well, but I think you could, like I said, unless you've got billions of followers, yeah, it's, it's not, not it's you. not going to work for you know the small no, guys. We're small business. We are we make our money on labor. You know that is it. We make our money on how good of a job we do. People, you know, hey, I told my buddy, he told his buddy. Next thing you know, and that goes back to that too. You know, you advertising. You have a million good customers. You have one bad customer. Well, the million good customers don't say anything other than the, to their buddies. The one bad customer says everything to the whole internet, everybody. Yeah, that's the guy that posts on Google and Instagram oh, yeah. and Facebook and you know drags you through the mud, but you got 200 people that had a great job done. And one one guy that. might say something, you know? Yep, one guy might go, yeah, great, you know, great review. Right. It was a really good job. And that's it. They're very you know, bland and simple. And that's where people think, you know, hey, I can run a business into the ground by a bad review or something. And it doesn't really work that way. I'm sure if you got enough and over and over and over and over again, it would work that way. But And that goes back to, you know, the promotional stuff on social media. And that's where, you know, now we're getting into selling products and making products and stuff like that. You know, we've kind of expanded out. You know, we have T-shirts and stuff we've never had before. You know, we were real small time. I mean... I started in my pole barn. You can't get much smaller than that. And I had I didn't have a pot to piss in. You know, now we have a building, and we got a bunch of guys working for us. We have 50 trucks in the yard, you know, shit like that. And it's just, it's all small baby steps. Same thing with a truck. Same thing with anything. Every 
procedure in life is start small and you take baby steps. Yeah. You know, and every I mean, every successful person and success story you hear, I mean, they started somewhere small. And I mean, nobody starts with a couple billion dollars in the bank that says I want to do something. I mean, well, I guess people do, but oh, yeah, I sure mean, I guess it's it's a lot more time invested in, in making yourself, you know, come from nothing. Oh yeah, and I feel like you appreciate it more when you have taken all this time and you've, I mean, trust me, dude, my family has hurt from this business. I have had my days, so many days where I just want to give up, like to the point where I was almost in tears years yeah, ago. Yeah, where, I mean, I, I do the same thing I, with small company I own. It's like some days it's like, I want to do my 40 hours and get my paycheck and, and go home. And go home. Like it's, it's some of those days you just, you sit back and you just look around and you're just like, is this really even worth it? Well, you can't turn the key off. As many as, as much as people are like, "Hey, just shut it off." Right, you, you can't cannot do it. Do as it. a business owner, I mean, like you said, I mean, I know, I know just as well. It's, you know, you get a phone call eight, nine o'clock at night, and you know something's kind of pressing. You're going to answer that phone, and you're going to see what's going on, even if you don't want to. It's kind of the thing you have to do at that point. Yeah, and you you have to do it because it affects your family and your life and all that stuff, and it, you just can't just shut it off and go home. It never works that way. It's 100% a lifestyle choice, being a business owner, especially a small business owner. You know, it's everything to you. It's your baby. You're raising it. You're watching it grow. You watch it, you know, fall down a million times, get back up, and you just, you can never, I'm that person who will just never give up. I cannot give up. As much as my wife, you know, and she supported me through day one. Day one, I came home and I said, I want to start a business. And she, she didn't even go, are you sure? She goes, okay, then that's what we're going to do. And I have, and we'll get into more stories, you know, as this podcast grows and stuff. Because I'll, I'll tell you from start to finish where I've been, where I came from, all that stuff. But, <clears throat> you know, my wife's always supported me through ups and downs, saying I want to quit, telling me to keep going. And look, look at where we are now. I mean, yeah, we're not a huge multi-billion dollar company. But I'm pretty happy. My bills are paid. I got my toys. I'm a happy person. I don't drive a 2020 brand new Duramax or nothing like that. But I'm, a, I'm happy where I'm at. And that's some of the things we're going to go over to. It's just some of that stuff of, you know, where we've been, where we're going, what we're going to do in life. And little ins and outs and funny shit along the way. So yeah. No, I think at the end of the game, that's what you really want to be. It's not about always about getting rich and, you know, having having millions of dollars in the bank. It's about your lifestyle and what you choose. I mean, you, you don't want that lifestyle. You don't, no one, I mean, people want it, but not everyone wants that life. No, everybody. If you're happy, if you're happy making what you make and, you know, you got guys working in the back here, they get their paycheck every week and you go out and have your vacations and you have your toys and you don't need to be rich for having, having no. a good time. And the biggest thing for me is that my guys are here and they're happy because that's, I was so unhappy with everywhere else I'd been working before I started this business. That's one of the reasons I started it. I was tired of working for an asshole breathing down my neck every day. And I feel like my guy, you know, I take him on company trips. We went up north for a whole week, took boats, all sorts of stuff, rented a big old extravagant house, you know, for a whole week. Took them, paid them while they were there just to show my appreciation, you know, for them. And that was more of a thank you for COVID. And, yeah, but that speaks you know. like magnitudes to, a, to an employee. You know, that's like appreciation that a lot of people don't see at a job or a company, you know. Is that stuff where... That will help you grow your business because if you're if your guys in the back are happy, they're doing good work and they're not back there slacking off because 
you know, screw the boss. You know, they're yeah. they're they're back there doing their job because you know you're 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 a good boss and you're you're showing them appreciation and stuff. And that's that's what needs to happen. I think in a lot more small businesses, I think it, it's a really make it or break thing. You know, where you got to have guys you trust and you can keep happy. That's a big big deal. Oh, I think that's the hugest thing is. If your guys are happy, they're always going to put out good work. And I, I do think, and I agree with you there, because I think a lot of small businesses, even small businesses, don't recognize that these employees have families too, just like you. They have things to do. They need days off. They, you know, you, yeah, you might not be able to give them the big 401k and all the health insurance, the benefits like every big company, but the things you can give them is giving a shit about them as a person. They're not just a number, you know. They're not just, hey, you're doing a shit job, you're gone. Like, no, you, I know your friends, I know your family, you are a friend of mine, like, you're part of my family, that's how I've always thought of it, your work family, you spend more time at work with the people you work with than you do at home, they're your family, just as much as your home family is, and that's, that's always been huge to me, is just making sure everybody's doing okay, you know, and instead of yelling at somebody, maybe try to flip it around and ask them if they need help, you know, sometimes it just need, they need that person to go, hey, and reach a hand out instead of smacking them in the back of the head, right. you know. Um, lots of things we're going to touch on. But I want to wrap this up because we are getting to like 20 minutes. And we've done really good our first one. So stick with us, guys. I hope you enjoy it. We enjoyed kind of sitting down talking in front of, you know, just a microphone. And yeah, what are we going to do? We're going to post one of these, like, what, one, one a week, maybe two a week of these? Yeah, one or two a week. We're Subscribe, just going to bullshit. Listen yes. to them. Give us some feedback. Do you want us some something to talk about? Yeah, comment. Just comment on there. Comment we're on there. To, we're not afraid to say nothing on the on the microphone here. No, and we're going to get the video camera out, too. And what what is it like the YouTubers are like, comment, like, subscribe, right? With yeah, the little yeah. bell, and they you reach out. you got to put your link on there, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to put the link. Yeah. We'll have to get the video camera out. But anyways, guys, this is Matt and Cameron with the Matt Diesel Podcast, and we will see you guys next week.